All right, tonight's speaker is Mo. Hi, I'm Mo H., recovered compulsive eater and sugar addict. Hi, Mo H. I'll pass my pictures around. Um, so I was harvested from uh, the Walnut Creek area by your speaker getter, who is out of town today. Uh, so we've been texting back and forth, where's the meeting and where can I eat and all of that kind of thing because I came over early ahead of the traffic. Uh, but I'm very grateful to be here. I am not a 100-pounder, and I told her that in the text. I'm a 65-pounder. But the disease is not in the pounds. It's here. And I think, it, and I'm pointing to my head for the, for the, for the recording, it's, uh, it's the, my mind that goes insane when I put addictive substances into my body. And so you'll hear that in my story. So I welcome the newcomers and anyone returning after an absence. I am a seasoned newcomer every day. Every day I start over. I never, I ne I'm never going to wake up and not be a compulsive overeater. I, I go to bed a, uh, an abstinent person and I wake up a pumpkin and I have to start my program upon opening my eyes in the bed. And I start my prayer right there when I'm laying in the bed. And I thank God for this day and to help me Show me how I can be of service, because that's the real work of this program, is to get to step 12 as fast as I can and be of service, because that's what keeps me abstinent. Um, I was desperate in misery and suffering many times, so I'm a relapser many times. So I've been in the room since 1989, um, and I am a how person, which means I have a defined food plan. That's all the difference is I weigh and measure and I weigh and measure everywhere I go, including in restaurants, because that keeps me sane. Um, so I find it not a problem. But I was in misery. Today I can say I'm recovered compulsive eater because I no longer want the foods that used to call me. Uh, I have neutrality around the foods, around the substances that were addictive to me that I didn't know were addictive to me and, and now I am even in the process of eliminating more foods which is very painful um, so um, I have you know, have neutrality and the, and the reason I say I'm recovered I, I really go by what's in here because the first 164 pages tells me how to work my program on a daily basis and on uh, right on the title page, it says uh, how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. They had recovered, which means they had neutrality around that. Okay, so my experience. So I believe I was a serial dieter from a young age. I'm going to say I grew up back east in Silver Spring, Maryland, and uh, my father was transferred to California when I was 13 at that point in my life. So you'll see a couple of pictures of there, or maybe one of me and my brother dancing. We were dancers. We were close to being professional when my father was transferred to San Francisco. Uh, I believe my weight stayed at a nice place because of all the dancing lessons and the practice and all of that. Uh, I know I had a sweet tooth then because after every performance, my dad would take us to the famous Giffords and just label it what you want, uh, dessert place. 
and I loved going to Giffords. And um, so uh, when my father was transferred, and I only discovered this in doing my fourth step and working my steps, was that our whole family, my father, my mother, my brother, and I, all went into some kind of an addiction because we didn't know how to cope with the feelings that were coming up. We didn't speak about them, but we didn't know how to cope to be all the way out here, away from all the relatives, all my friends from grammar school, and going to a high school, I didn't know anybody. So I went into food. My brother went into alcohol and drugs. My mother went into alcohol, and my father went into workaholism. And it just it, it blossomed as the years went on. That's the only way I know it is to look back. But that's when my disease started, is, uh, blossomed, was at 13. So starting then, I sent away for the, the diet that, that came in the brown wrappers, you know, and come to your house. Um, I did Metrical, um, you know, and I was a, a ballet dancer, so I saw the anorexics, and I saw how they were doing it, so I learned how to do some of that to, to just, you know, starve myself so that the weight would come off. So that was a lot of, of what went on. Um, I'm a quantity and a sugar addict. I love quantities. That's why I weigh and measure everywhere, because I know I'm getting my so many ounces of protein and my so many ounces of vegetables and salad and etc. So um, um, I had an honest desire when I first came into these rooms to lose weight. That was my honest desire. I only came here to lose weight and to control my weight. I was going to control it. But my periods of control became less and less and less and less in between each relapse. And I didn't know about that before program. Uh, It was diets. So I would be on a diet and off. I was either on or off. There was no never in between. And I have five children, so uh, there was a lot of, you know, you have the baby and then, okay, go on a diet and lose the weight. And then I get pregnant and then gain, you know, so the cycle and the cycle. And I don't remember the headpiece back then, but I know it was going. It had to be going because all I thought about was food. I got up in the morning and it was like, get the kids off to school and what can I get? What can I have? And then they would come home and I'd be passed out on the sofa drugged from a a sugar overdose and you know it's just like okay oh someone has to go to soccer and then I would you know make myself get up so um so I as I said I was a desperate misery and suffering I was willing to do whatever whatever it took so my relapse so being in the rooms okay so I found the rooms in 1989 through a therapist one day I was in therapy after three years of being in therapy with her and working on my family issues uh, and my marriage I said to her I think I have a problem with food you know just kind of at the end of the session I think I have a problem with food and oh well we were going to talk about that at the next one and so she said I need to find you a good OA meeting she had already sent me to Al-Anon and to ACA and to CODA and I said to her not another meeting and she said you need a good OA meeting and she did she sent me to one it was in Oakland at Elta Bates Hospital I'll never forget it all I remember is they sold me the big book and the 12 and 12 and I thought well I got the answer, you know. Just read the book and get the answer. Well, I didn't read the book. It just went and sat and got dusty. So um, 
my recent relapse, okay, so in the rooms, lose the weight, get to a certain place, feel comfortable, and then think I've arrived, and then put something in my mouth. And I, I would say, gee, I don't know why I did that. Well, today I know why I do that, and you'll hear later on in my story. So, um, but recently, for, the, for five years, I was off sugar and flour and doing pretty well. I was on the Region 2 board. I was events coordinator, uh, which meant I booked the hotels, and I had a lot of work to do there. And it was a very uh, all-encompassing, stressful job, but I got to go places, and I got to meet people, and I got to be around people in recovery, all working, and happy. But it was stressful, and when that job ended two years ago this month, October, I went into the sugar and I couldn't believe how fast I was into the sugar after five years. I, I just will say I was face down eating sugar for two to three months. And so that's why I say I, I called up this lady in the rooms and I don't know why to this day I called her. And I said, I am desperate and I am willing to do whatever you tell me to do. And she asked me if I wanted to go through the 12 steps in 30 days through the big book. And I said, I will do anything. So I, that's what I did. Okay, so uh, my program. So on page 20, it says, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of the big book to answer such questions. The big book is a basic textbook which answers three questions. So the first one is, what is the problem? And a lot of us think that food is the problem. And that food is the solution to the problem. Thank you. The problem is the buildup of everyday emotions that I don't deal with. And if I don't deal with them today, they're not going to go away. There'll be some place in there. They may be lower. And then tomorrow, and then the next day, and then all of a sudden, a month down the line, it's like, how did that happen? And I'm sure I was having a lot of emotions when I was doing this events coordinator position. So there's how that happened. It didn't, I heard that uh, relapse isn't an event, it's a process. It isn't an event, it's a process. And this started three, four years before. So who knows? Um, so I must remember the worst moment in my eating career. So I heard that at a workshop I was at. Never forget the worst moment. In fact, she had us at, at lunchtime do a table conversation to share with each other what the, what's the worst moment in your eating career. And if I don't know it, then it is still to come. And that's scary. And the OA Pledge of Allegiance is, I'll never do that again. <laughs> so, here's one of my worst moments. I tend to write, and this was done in, in 2005, and it was after a, a huge binging episode. I've been binging since Thursday. Right now, Sunday evening at 9.30, I feel awful. My stomach is bloated. I feel stuffed to overfull with junk food. My body aches. My heart is racing. And I feel the numbing effects of the sugary products I have been consuming. 
I'm very irritable, restless, and discontented. I feel like vomiting. My body is in complete distortion. I don't know how much compulsive eating of sugar and fats my body can take. I'm not sleeping either. Once again, this relapse was a gradual decline into the full-blown disease of not being able to stop once I took that first compulsive bite. I started cheating with a little extra taste of abstinent fat on the maintenance plan. I thought I could weigh and measure it according to the plan, and I did uh, for a few weeks. Then the extra tastes of the substance grew into more and more, and then binge, 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 and more binging. Along with extra tastes of that substance, I wasn't working my program. I had let it slide little by little, and then my husband fell, and he was in the hospital with a broken hip. I'm at the mercy of God. I didn't ask for help. I wasn't working my steps. I let go of reading, writing, phone calls, meetings, etc. All along, I was having food thoughts, and I gave into those thoughts and my disease. I couldn't stop myself. So I won't go any further because it does go on, but you get an idea of how devastating the disease is when it gets me, when I take that first compulsive bite. Okay, on page 30, unless we concede to our innermost selves that we were compulsive eaters, we will slip or relapse. And my sponsor doesn't call it that anymore. She calls it succumbing. The big book doesn't mention slip or relapse. It mentions that we succumb to the disease. I succumb to it. Step zero, put down the food once and for all. And that substance I talked about in here that was okay on the maintenance program is out of my program forever. I don't even look at it in the grocery store because I have neutrality around that. Uh, We either pick up the food or we pick up the steps. Uh, The effect of the food will kill me. The effect of the steps will support me. When the fear of eating outweighs the fear of abstinence, of recovery, then I will work my program. And I have a big fear of eating periodically. And i got to redouble my work in the program. Okay, so what is the solution? So the problem is step one. The solution is step two and three, finding a power greater than ourselves. The solution is finding and or connecting with the power greater than myself that will restore me to sanity. The process of bringing a power greater than myself into the equation is called recovery. I must, and there are 72 musts in the big book, find or connect with this power greater than myself in order to work this program. Substitute the effect of the food for the effect of the spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. Are you willing to be uncomfortable for a while? Abstinence is not fun. It is uncomfortable until we get through it. That's why those men in the big book, they would put them in the hospital and let them dry out before they talked to them two or three days later. That's why it is very difficult to talk to newcomers who are still in the disease. They have to put the food down and dry out. And three days seems to be the the magic number that I hear. So the big book on page 45, the big book's main objection is to enable you to find this power. 
greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. God doesn't do it to me or for me. He does it with me and through me. So that's how I use my higher power, to be with me throughout the day. Show me the next right action. All right, what is the program of action necessary to find the solution? It's steps 4 through 12, and this is a program of action. So this, the, uh, and the reason I'm sharing this is this is what I'm doing today. In the last two years, I have clean abstinence, and I have a strong program. And I make my phone calls. I have sponsees. I do reading and writing every day. I call my sponsor twice a week. I email her my food and my 10th step, and I'll get to that. I hope I have time to get to that. So food is not the problem. I said food is the solution. I've said all of that. It's the problem is the buildup of the emotions. All right, what are we supposed to do with those emotions? What do I do with them? I did not know this for my first 20-some years in the rooms. I would hear work a 10th step, but I didn't know how to do it until recently. So this is how I work, uh, how I do a 10th step. I name the the situation in 19 words or 20 words or less. I don't write a novel. What is the situation? Okay, Uh, Sunday, I found myself restless, irritable, and discontented. And I was marinating uh, a protein. I'm assuming you don't talk food in here, right? You can. Okay, marinating chicken for a block barbecue party. And I chose to do that because then I could do it in my marinade that had no sugar and nobody. So the neighbor upstairs says, oh, yeah, you can put barbecue sauce on. I said, no, I'm not doing that. So I'm doing that. But I'm finding myself inside. I don't know why it was doing this. And I texted my sponsor and I said, can you take a 10-step? And she said yes. And I called her. And I sat down and I said, okay, this is what's going on. I've got the, the, bar- the barbecue that I really don't want to be part of, but I got roped into doing, and so I'm doing it. And then I have, you know, th- I had all these things going on, and then my husband is getting ready to do, di- do dialysis or, you know, think about doing dialysis, and that's all going on. And, and I said, okay, that's the problem. Okay, where am I being selfish? So that's step 10. It's right on page 84. Where am I being selfish? Okay, selfish is I want my way. I don't want to do this chicken for the barbecue. I got roped into doing it. Okay, I want it my way. I want to be in charge. I want to be their God. I want my husband to make a decision about this dialysis and not be tiptoeing around and we have an elephant in the room that we're not talking about I want a decision made I want to be his God I am not he has his own God the lady upstairs who did the bar- who did the thing has her own God please God remove my selfishness okay the next one is dishonest where am I being dishonest well I say to my sponsor I don't understand this dishonest piece I'm now after the program I'm a pretty truthful person no, where am I being dishonest? The tr- she says, well, go to the truth. What's the truth? Well, the truth is I said yes to this lady upstairs. The truth is I married this man 50 years ago. I accepted him as he is, which is a man who can't make decisions. Okay, that's the, <laughs> the truth. I mean, I'd make the decision for him, but I can't. So, okay, that's the truth. Okay, So my dishonest piece is I don't want to accept the truth about these things. 
Okay, please, God, remove my dishonesty. That's done. The third one is resentful. Okay, who, what, where am I, what am I resentful at? I'm resentful that I'm having to do all this work for this barbecue that I don't want to go to. Okay, I got five minutes. Okay, so so in that resentful part, I say, um, thy will, not mine, be done. This is a sick person. We're all sick. But this lady upstairs, you know, she she decides to do something and then kind of passes it off onto everybody else who says yes. And then there's my husband. And please, God, help me show him the same pity, tolerance, and patience I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. The question there, and this is the kicker, how can I be of service? And what came up for me is, I can lovingly barbecue this chicken, cook this chicken for them, and bring it out there and and enjoy the event with my neighbors. And how can I be of service to my husband? I can support him. And I can say, you know, we, we see the doctor on Monday, and I will be with you, whatever you decide. So that's a really good question. How can I be of service? And then the last one, there's four character defects, Selfish, dishonest, resentful, and fearful. Okay, fear. Well, I fear that if, uh, if um, I do this party and I get angry with all that's going on, I may eat. Or I fear if he doesn't choose to do dialysis, well, the fear is, yeah, he's going to die. And, um, and so what I say here is, please, God, remove my fear... And here's another good one. Direct my attention to what you would have me be, not do, be. And God wants me to be a loving and kind, compassionate, a friendly neighbor, that kind of stuff. Okay, so I wanted to get you through. That's a 10-step. And then at the end I say, please, God, I ask you to remove all these defects of character, and I assume you will. Now I'm telling my sponsor on the phone, so that's a fifth step. See, or I'm telling somebody else on the phone. That's a fifth step. Then when I finish that, and that's like you've done now four through nine, and that's a 10, and you've done your prayers, that's 11 all the way through. Now I make a 12-step call. And what that is, is I call someone in the rooms and I say, hi, Scott, how's your day going? How's your program? And I don't mention this. Mm. And then I... After I did that, I did feel better. If you don't, do another one. So that's how that works. Okay, so uh, I just went through step 10. So this, is, so this is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. How do I do that? When my emotions surface, I immediately do the 10th step. And they can come up throughout the day. I can do them throughout the day, all day long. So, page 77, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. So, in a nutshell, trust God, clean house, and carry the message. Thank you.